Ag State of Mind, episode 100. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast. I am so glad that you are here and that we made it to the triple digits in episodes. This is a a milestone episode and I am so happy that you are here to celebrate with me, whether you've been with me from the beginning or you're just finding me at episode 100. Uh, It's been a really cool ride and I appreciate all the support of that has come from you all for this podcast. And what better person to help me celebrate my 100th than Addie Yoder. Addie is a farm wife, a mom, a coach, and a podcaster from Northern Missouri. Uh, Her podcast, The Grace and Growth with Addie Podcast, focuses on personal growth and the challenges that can sometimes come from that. Uh, We actually connected over a quote which she shared on her Instagram from Brene Brown that focuses on the importance of rest and play in a busy industry like agriculture. Uh, She is, Addie is a wealth of knowledge and I am very proud to have her as the guest on the 100th episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast. So here it goes with Addie Yoder. Thanks again, friends, for all of the support. Uh, We are going to bring just as much fire, just as much important conversation in the next 100 episodes and we look forward to bringing them to you. Right. Addie Yoder, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast on a Sunday evening. It's uh, exciting to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been following you on social media for a while now, and always things have sparked my interest that you have said, but something this past week, uh, a couple weeks ago that you said really hit home with me, and uh, that's kind of what I want to spend talking about. But at first, I want everyone to know who you are, introduce yourself to them, and uh, we'll go from there. Well, hi, I'm Addie. I'm Addie Yoder. I am a farmer and a mom of four and a podcaster and a life coach. I live in Northeast Missouri. And really, my main focus is the mom part. Mm -hmm. And then kind of I lean into the, the corn and farmer part, because I, if you follow me on social media, I kind of have a thing for corn. But recently, in the past couple of years, I got certified through the John Maxwell team in life coaching. And that fits in so well with my life doing all of the other things. Because my husband is actually the main farmer. He's in production and I'm in PR. And so he does all of the things. And as you know, with what you do, when it's time for planting season, it's also baseball season. Mm -hmm. And when it's time for harvest, it's football and softball. And so my job first is to drive everyone Mm -hmm. around. And then I get to fit other stuff in. So life coaching is perfect because I get to do it for my house and I get to talk to other humans. And I went through this whole life coaching process when I hired one. And so I could, I see the value of it every Mm -hmm. day and have learned so much myself and then through teaching others that or helping others that it's, it's been a, a big gift in my life. So I, I find it, I didn't know that you did it through John Maxwell and like John Maxwell is one of those people 
where you say that name. It's one of those names that just like my my it perks my attention right away because I love him so much. He I listen to his podcast often. I've read a couple of books. He's just such a such an inspirational guy, and his voice like his voice just like commands attention. I'm just I'm really envious of his voice. I just I love him. Well, and he's exactly that way in person. You know, in the certification process, I don't get to like sit down with him mm-hmm. and like have a conversation. I did get to stand in a line and take a picture, mm-hmm. but but at the conference he spoke several times and he actually did a Sunday service. Oh wow. And it was because he's amazing. a minister. Right? Yeah, it was really cool. Yes, he's a minister first and then got into all of this personal growth stuff, you know, when he was younger. And so he did a service during the conference, then it was just, I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really, really an inspirational guy. And, uh, so I'm, I'm interested in how, like it was perceived for you to become, I don't want to say perceived, but like how it was, I guess, received for you. Like when you started wanting to do life coaching, did you, how did you start out? Did you start out like reaching out online? Did you start out with like people who you were familiar with? How, what did that look like for you? So for me, I already had a kind of sideline in health and fitness and I was already helping women, not with like the technical stuff of health and fitness, but more as a coach, like I was supporting them and providing accountability and helping them when they had questions or helping to lift them up or solve their own problems. And so it was almost a natural transition. I had a client base through that and already had a social media following. It's not where it it is now, but I had sort of a platform and a group of people. So for me, I started an email list. That was the very first thing I did when I got brave after I got certified, because it took some time to get brave and decide, okay, I should tell people that I did this thing. And I just sent out an email and was like, Hey, I just got certified. I am looking for some clients know that you're going to be my first. So I'm going to give you a dirt cheap rate and we're going to do this together. And I got a couple of people. I also learned some very hard lessons about email Mm -hmm. lists, but I got a couple of people and it's just grown from there. It's interesting. I, I find life coaching very it's not what I thought it was, right? I think when you you hear that word, you hear that phrase, it's really, um, I think people like have a bad connotation until I got one for myself and found out how helpful it can be when you are just talking to someone who has, you know, they're not necessarily an expert on life, you know, you, I'm sure you don't consider yourself one, but you do have a different point of view and you are a neutral party in, in everything that's going on. And people need that. People really need that because, you know, I know for me, I can talk myself into or out of anything. I can put enough good thoughts in my head, but I can really put enough bad thoughts in my head. And when you have someone who you bounce those bad thoughts off of, or uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say bad thoughts, unproductive thoughts off of, it can really make a huge difference um, because they can reframe it for you in a in a way where you never thought that that, you never think to think that way. Absolutely. And that is one of the things that really 
propelled me forward into getting certified because I, I actually won three months of coaching Mm -hmm. in a contest. I didn't pay for it initially because I kind of thought it was mumbo jumbo. And I was like, I don't, I don't need someone telling me what to do in that way. I didn't get it. And at the end of the three months, I remember going to my husband and being like, listen, this is a lot of money, but I can see this growth. And he could see that Mm -hmm. growth. I found myself yelling less and laughing more and making different priorities in my life and feeling more organized. And just overall, the insides of me felt better. And he was, I was like, to be honest, I'm scared to stop this because Mm -hmm. I see so much growth that I am terrified of stopping and going back. And he was like, then don't, you know, fortunately, I'm very, I'm very lucky to have a supportive spouse that Mm -hmm. lets me, I don't want to say lets, but supports me. Yes. Investing in Mm -hmm. myself. And so he, he sees the benefits and the growth that I've made. And so, yes, I was with you and I thought, I honestly thought it was a job that people made up. I was right, like, yeah. okay. But I tell people all the time, it's like having a best friend, a safe space to dump your stuff without all the emotions. You know, your spouse mm. is fantastic, but they don't want all of right. that. And your best friend and your mom or whoever, they're going to try to fix it. Yeah. And they have a biased point of view too. They're always going to take yes, your side. For sure. And sometimes you just need someone on the outside to be like, what if you did it this way? Or have you thought about this? Or is that really what you want? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said something there that I think is the really the best way to look at look at life coaching. And that's investing in yourself. And I'm not sure you could ever really put a, a tangible monetary amount on it, other than just like, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's really kind of priceless when you can get the best version if that's what causes you to get the best version of yourself then yeah obviously it's worth it so investing in yourself is like is the best is when if somebody told me that like and I saw it started seeing it that way that's when it really like kind of blew up for me and totally like changed my point of view on it but don't you think And I initially thought about this as far as women are concerned, because women and moms are so likely to say, oh, yes, I will pay for that for them, but not for me. But I think in agriculture, the overarching theme goes all across the board. Like I can see my husband being like, well, I could spend that X amount of dollars on a payment Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm a piece of equipment or whatever, because I don't really have that hour to give once a week. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I just think it's really easy to not, to say that's good for you and not for me. Uh Yeah, I see that. I mean, I can totally, I mean, I, I was that for a very, you know, a very long time. And I'm curious, who do you, like, who is like your target? Who do you find your do you find yourself coaching a certain type of individual more than another i tend to right now in particular get moms mm-hmm. and women like two steps behind me as far as like age oh so maybe that late 20s to early 30s i have small kids and want to do something for myself or I have this idea and don't feel good about moving forward with it 
or don't know or are unsure or feel lost. They're still looking for who they are. Do you feel like that the reason that is is because that's the part where you feel like you needed it at a certain point? If if you like I do. Yeah. I do. I think that I can speak to that because that's exactly what I did. I hit my early to mid 30s and was like, crap, I'm a mom and a farm wife and a lady who ties shoes and makes sandwiches, but I don't know anything else about me. Mm, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing else to me besides all of these things that are external and I need to sort this out before they're gone and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's a that's a point of like awakening and kind of a point of like, it's hard to like really like put it into words what it is. But I think that's the time where I know my wife and I know myself, we really started paying attention more to that sort of stuff. I was on a I was on a different pod. I was on somebody else's podcast yesterday. And I started talking about Oh, yeah, when I started doing that three or four years ago, I started doing this three or four years ago. Like, that's the point like where I found my and that's probably where I was, you know, I'm 37 now. So when I was 32, 33, when I really started seeing these issues. And yeah, and I find that's probably if I were ever to give advice to someone, not just advice, but like, actual lived experience and I wish I would have done it this way it would have been that early 30s who had kids who were all young and not you know you know either barely in school or not yet in school because it's a really difficult time for both men and women both dads as providers and moms and wives as well it's a really difficult transition time and i think probably i mean if you i don't know i mean i'm totally speaking off the cuff here but if you really like got down to it where the divorce rate like i feel like that's probably made or made or not in those those years because that's the most stressful time of a marriage and you know what you do can really last for uh whichever way you go can go you know it can go either north or south and um i feel like that's the time where it really is is that those late 20s early 30s i agree and especially like I, I always tell people and they're like, Addie, what would you prefer? And I'm like, I would prefer to work with people in ag in this mm-hmm. situation because I think we're, we need it so badly and it's so isolated. Sure. So it's easy to get in those places and be like, I'm the only person out here with all of these kids and it costs a million dollars to have a babysitter. So I don't feel like I can do this date night thing everyone's telling mm-hmm. me to do. And how do I go to a gym and how do I do all of these things when I live in a cornfield? Mm-hmm. And just that permission slip or having someone to talk to or, you know, making those, those suggestions and having it, it's just, it's just so valuable. It's so pivotal in how you move into the next phase. So I think that's like, I think that's the big step is like the last thing you said, there's like almost having that, you can figure out all the things to do, but like giving yourself the permission to do it, I think is like the big the big, which is crazy to me to think about now, but like, but that's a really hard process for some people is to quote unquote, give themselves permission because they're so used to a certain way of living, or they're so used to whatever the status quo is that they're just going to go right along with that. And they don't feel like they can differ from that in any way, shape or form. So 
yeah, being able to give themselves people permission or helping people to give themselves permission is probably the, that's probably the biggest struggle I would say. Oh, I agree completely. And now, like now, now that I'm on the other side of it, it seems so simple, right? Like, right. who cares what anybody else says? Do, you know, do what you need to do to live your best life and not worry about it. But that's really hard for people to get on, who are on the other side of that coin to get over that hill. And I wish, this is probably me being a little controversial, but I wish that I could have held more hands during the pandemic because it was so important in that minute to take care of what was happening in your four walls. I say that like it's over, like we're not still hanging out there, but it (laughs) feels a little less. Right. But, you know, there were times when we had to dig deep and be like, okay, if I said yes to this, what else am I saying yes to? And if I say no to this, in order to be consistent, if I opted out of that birthday party or family dinner or conference, what else does that mean Mm, that I have mm -hmm. to be consistent and say no or yes to. And, and I, that's hard. It's hard when you've done the work that you and I've done, but I can't imagine how it felt to people who haven't done that. And so I wish that there had been a way or that I had had more foresight to, to get out there more and to hold more people's hands through all of that. Yeah. And it's boundary setting is really, really tough. Again, going back to speaking about people in agriculture, it's maybe even tougher because so much of what we do is with people whom we share a last name or we share blood of some sort or for sure share a lot of history with. So uh, setting up firm boundaries around that is, is really tough for us who live rurally. And, but it's probably, I don't want to say it's any more important, but it's obviously just as important for as it would be for anybody else. For sure. And so, and this leads me to kind of, this is a long way to get to this, but uh, I'm glad we did it that way. And we both talked about that before we started getting recorded because that's kind of how we both operate, which can be terrifying when you're trying to record a podcast, but um, we made it, we made it there in, in, in almost le- less than 20 minutes. So I call that a win. You made a post on social media a couple of weeks ago talking about how it, you shared a quote from Brene Brown, who I love. Brene Brown, she's been really big for me, getting out of my own way, taking care of myself, learning all those things. And, you know, she has been so helpful for me. And you shared that quote where um, I'm probably going to butcher it because I don't have it in front of me, but we, unless you want to share it, do you have it up handy? It says, okay, are you ready? I'm ready. It takes courage to say yes to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. Like, wow. Like that is, that hit me super hard. Like whenever you saw, and I've heard that quote from her before. In fact, I'm pretty sure I read the book from which it was, from what it was contained within. And that is, that is, and she's not involved in agriculture, but I mean, that may as well have been speaking directly to us because that is what we are. I talked with Dave Pratt on a episode many, many way back, you know, year and a half ago. Uh, I think it was like episode 16 of the podcast. And uh, he, he, we talked a lot about that, about how in agriculture, we wear this, uh, we wear being tired and not going on vacation and working 
hundred hours a week as a as as a status symbol, as a badge of honor, and you know that really needs to shift. And it's and I and I and I want to make sure that I also say that I am not against hard work. Obviously, you know, I mean, it takes hard work, but it also you have to throw in some breaks. You have to throw in time away because you're just going to get burnt out. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like one in agriculture, you're absolutely right. Especially during like, like, I don't know. I think your life is bananas too, but at my life right now, my husband is running amok trying to get acreage reporting done for crop insurance. And he's got four days to get all of mm. these signatures all over half of Missouri and, and run the sprayer when he's able to get in the field and go to softball games that are still trickling through, you know, all of the things. And he, he wants to do them all, but at the same time, he's like, I also want to play golf and I also want to take a nap. And I'm like, Hey, you probably need to take a nap mm -hmm. friend, because mm -hmm. you're going to crash at some point. And so it's hard to stop and do those things, but it's also important to stop and do those things. And then for the, for me, you know, I said in the beginning that my first job is to drive my kids around. Well, if that's my first job and I live 30 minutes from everything, time goes real fast. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest gifts that I got during the pandemic was ticketed athletics and people are going to come at me for this conversation oh, no. because <laughs> <laughs> I just think it was such a gift because it took the pressure off that, that unspoken rule that everyone needs to go to everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I can send him to away games because he actually genuinely loves watching the sport and I can stay home and get the other three in bed on time, that's a gift. Right. Yeah. And so, so I don't know. I just think there's a lot of spaces no, where right. that rest thing gets left out and not even of our own conscious doing. And it's so important. We all do so much better when we go to bed on time and take a few oh minutes to read a book or just chill, just like, yeah, just relax. You know, I, and I'm, I'm the world's absolute worst at relaxing. I know I am like, I mean, that's just who I am, but I also very reluctantly am, am getting better at just like, like, okay, last night take, for example, we have the county fair coming up this week. We've been playing baseball. Okay, we'll start back up. And everybody knows this who listens to the podcast. We've been playing baseball since February. You know, just crazy. All the time. There for a while, there were in like in like a four-day span, we had like six baseball games or something ridiculous like that, you know. Um, then we had calving season, then hay season. Now this week's gonna be the county fair. It's just a it's just a really, really crazy season for us. And our, our equipment's breaking down in the field. It's been a it's just been a just it's been a really hard couple of months. But Last night I found myself where, I mean, there was plenty, believe me, there's plenty I could have went out and did last night, but we got done. Uh, my, Carrie and I went out for an early dinner. We got home about five o'clock and, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to sit down for a while. I'm just going to hang out. And that was really, really hard for me to do. That's really, really difficult for me to do. And we went to bed like, I think we went to bed at like 830 last night. 
man, it felt so good to do. You know what I mean? Especially with this week we have coming up. And it's just, I know the old, I know an earlier version of me would not have taken that time. And I'm so happy for the change I've made and be able to just kind of chill out every once in a while. And it like makes me, and I think what people need to understand is, yes, you're being less productive in that little period of time, but you're going to be way more productive going forward. Uh, you know, you're, you're taking a little, I mean, it's just like a, I mean, we'll use the easy example of gas in a car. I mean, you've got to, you know, a car runs so much more efficient if, you know, you take it slow a little bit, you don't go 90 miles an hour down the interstate. Uh, you take it more like 65 and you take stops and breaks and you have to take breaks a lot less when you're not going so hard, you know? So it's a hard lesson for people to learn, but it's very valuable. I agree completely, completely. And I'm also like you, like I am a finish my entire checklist Mm -hmm. and then relax and Today is a perfect example of we did church and I did lunch and I came in my office and I worked to set up my entire week and I looked at the clock and it was four o'clock and I hadn't worked out. So I did that. And then it was time to hop on here and I have not taken any minutes at all. And someone sent me a text and was like, "Mm, I see you. I know what you're doing. And, and she's right. I did not take any minutes and I'll be crabby later for it. And someone (laughs) will yell at me in my house and Well, I mean, it, it is, I mean, it's, it's super tough and, but I mean, you've got it. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, no one's going to be perfect at it, but trying to, trying to work in that time. Um, and when you, and like you say, you go, you sit down, do you take every Sunday to kind of make a plan and make kind of plan out your week? I do. I do. You know, and that's super, and that can be so valuable in this kind of work because you can almost like find time in that schedule, you can still be super organized and super on top of things and still like maybe schedule in that time for a little bit of break, even if maybe it doesn't happen. But even if you still plan it in, you still like feel better about it going forward. And I feel like you can probably, I don't know, feel a little bit easier moving forward, uh, knowing that you have the opportunity for rest time. Well, and I have learned in the podcast space my show drops on Thursdays. So mm-hmm. I have found that my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday are bonkers because I am doing all of the things and all of my stuff. And then I end up on Thursday and I'm like, wait, what happened? Cause I kind of caught up. So for me, I had to adjust my thinking and be like, well, I do work usually on Sunday afternoons, but by Friday, I'm kind of ready for the weekend and can take that time then mm-hmm. instead of blocking it all in on Saturday and Sunday. Right. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. So tell me, uh, tell me a little bit about your podcast. Okay. I don't know what you want to know, but my show is, it's called Grace and Growth with Addie, and it was set up to be an extension of coaching. It is all based off of the idea of figuring out who you are and what you want and using that information to move forward, whether it's through decision-making or, you know, just being happier because there's a lot of simple things that we can do, 
you don't even think about that are just really tiny little shifts or things that maybe we just need to be honest about. You were talking about summer and busy and ball games. And I did an episode on the lies that I tell myself going into mm -hmm. summer about how I would lie to myself about how easy summer is and how super exciting things are. And then it's never what I expect. And I get let down and, and disappointed. And so this summer I'm trying to like be real with myself. <laughs> it's, it's usually a reflection and honestly, of something that I'm experienced or walking through, or have heard someone talk about, I try to keep it pretty timely. And occasionally, um, I get to bring an author in because I'm also a big book nerd. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. it, the podcast is one place where I kind of, I feel like it's my show. I do what I want. If I want to talk to an mm -hmm. author, we'll talk about how, who they are and what they absolutely. want. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about a podcast be having your own podcast is you talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's and right. I think that that's like one of the coolest things I think like, you know, sometimes I think really in the beginning, I was having a really hard time um, making sure that everybody fit into this box. But I think I got to a certain point and I was like, this is my show. You know, I can do, yeah. I, you know, if I find them interesting, probably other people are going to find them interesting too. And if they don't, yeah, I don't have to listen. You know what I mean? You know, and being okay with that is, is, uh, you know, it's another part of, of your growth journey. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I asked Rob Sharkey one time, I said, how do you find such interesting people? Because he has a gabillion shows and everyone he gets on his show, I'm like, oh, right. that's the most interesting person I've ever heard every time. I think it's so interesting. And he's like, no, I don't find interesting people. Everybody is interesting. Yeah. And I was like, for sure. Oh, that's a really cool way to look at it. That's much better than where I was coming from. <laughs> they are. People are. And like, um, we can, you know, this, we built this entire podcast based off of one single quote, right? And like, we built a whole, whole podcast around that. Like, and isn't that cool that we were able to do that and how people will be able to find value in, in the things that we talk about. I just, I, you know, I, I never thought that I would be able to capitalize on my ability to talk about one thing for so long. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. I mean, I never shut my mouth. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool that I've been able to, uh, I've been able to do this. And I think that you probably feel the same way. You never thought that anybody would even care about you talking so much, but it's cool that they do. Yeah, it is really cool. A couple of years ago, I say that it's probably been four or five. I used to do Facebook lives every single day. Mm -hmm. and it, they were always completely random. They were meant to be about like health and fitness, but they always mm -hmm. ended up being a wandering path of what I was reading and what the kids were doing and whatever. And I never thought people would watch that, but man, they did. And they would ask me about it and I would get messages about stuff and people would listen while they were driving. And I'm like, okay, well, this has legs. And so it's just, it's interesting to me how, the things that you and I think are just us talking can impact yeah. other people so much. Well, I, th I think when, when you put yourself out there like that, it makes you relatable yeah. and people really like people who are relatable and really like to listen to people who are relatable. And that's what I always try to do is you just try to be relatable and you try to um, sh just sh have your lived experience 
and, you know, be really open and honest about it and, you know, kind of give your take on the world. And, you know, sometimes it's not like everybody else's take. And that's actually pretty cool sometimes. And uh, you find out that your own distinct way of thinking is different. And uh, you, I think you maybe like make people think a little bit. And that's, that's a really cool thing to do. Yeah. And it's fun. So health and fitness, um, that's something that, well, I'm married to a certified personal trainer and a yoga instructor. So um, health and fitness is something that like, like I, we live it. Um, I, I try to be better. I'm a, I'm a very active person. I run, I, in a different season of life, I like to lift weights more in the winter time. I like to lift weights in the summer. I like to be outside more. So health and fitness is something that's super important to me. So, you know, I like to kind of take, see, hear your take on it because it's, I feel like it's something that, uh, is really needed in agriculture. Um, it's something that, uh, you know, we almost like kind of push to the side a lot of times or almost, uh, for me, I know people I've, I, for me for a long time, then also people I know just kind of almost turn their nose up to it. Um, because they feel like it's for people in the city or something. I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in like your whole, like, take and the reason why you're so involved in it? Well, the honest truth is that I haven't always been. I yeah. was overweight through college and getting married and having four kids and uh, had some postpartum anxiety issues after my son. Mm. I had a miscarriage and I had my son and was not really okay. And finally kind of got sick of myself. And the way that I got sick of myself and took control back was through health and fitness. It was something that I could mm -hmm. do for 30 minutes at my house that gave me permission to make space for myself. And I have always done workouts at home because we live so rural. So I do sure. beach body and Peloton and whatever app I feel like using. But I found for me that having a program helped. So Beachbody mm -hmm. was where I started because someone was telling me, okay, tomorrow you're going to do this. And I didn't have to make a decision. That was, right. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to scroll Pinterest. I didn't have to do anything, but it was one of those things where I started doing it. And I made this commitment to myself and I invested in myself. I had to spend some money to mm -hmm. get there. Right. And in the first month I found some, some results and some success. And I liked that. And mm -hmm. I just... I honestly compare it to reading. If you listen to my, ever listen to me yammer on about reading, um, I always say, have your ne next book picked out. Don't ever end a book mm. without an idea of what you're gotcha. next, uh -huh. because otherwise sure. you'll wait five days or two weeks. And you'll stop. Yep. Yeah. You'll, yeah you'll, watch. you'll stop your momentum. Yes. So I just had a plan. Whatever I'm finishing, I had something ready to go for the very next day. And so I just kept going and, and I figured out, it doesn't take long to realize how that impacts your mental state as much as personal yeah. growth does. It affects how you feel throughout the day. I slept better. My anxiety went down. I felt better about myself. I got to buy new mm -hmm. clothes, like <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, you know, all of the things. And I've just not stopped. I do have a quarantine that I've acquired. But I think we all do. Yep. A lot of us do anyway. Yep. But in the meantime, we had some fun times that my 12 year old sure. learned how to make cupcakes. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I've not stopped and it is the biggest, I, I never thought 
that I would be a health mm. and fitness person ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my wife's that same way. She wasn't ever an athlete growing up. It was nothing that was ever like super important to her. I mean, she's always been like smaller, but, um, she never, like, she never, like when we first started dating and uh, it was just nothing that was important to her. And then, you know, after we got married and I think it was between the twins and our youngest, she really started getting involved. And then after the young, after Boone was born, really uh, got involved. And now it's like, now I couldn't imagine our lives any other way. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's, and you, you, what you said about how it's amazing how when you start something you think is actually for your physical health, turns out to be more of a help to your mental health. Uh, that's what it's been for me. I mean, running, running is my big thing because I can do it out here. You know, I can do it and still be outside. And, uh, but I still go, I go to the gym in the wintertime and it's, it's just something that it's just, it's, it's gotten to a point where if it wasn't there, it would feel like a piece of me was missing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of what makes me whole now. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And I, you know, and I'm thankful for there, that there are people like you as well, like kind of all pushing that up and making it something that is, is important because I mean, let's face it, the people in rural America aren't always the most healthy. And I, I feel like we need to do all we can to promote a healthy way of living while also living rurally. I agree. And I've had so many women, especially farm women, rural women mm-hmm. be like, you know, I know that this would be better for my husband, but I can't convince him to eat XYZ or do this or try this. And I'm like, I think that the best thing you can do is lead by example. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is Don't force them into it. Don't bring it up. I mean, again, I'm going to make a reading analogy, but my kids read like crazy, but they've watched me read their whole life. I never say, yeah. are you going to pick up a book or turn off the TV and go read a book? I don't make them have assigned time, but I read every single day. You lead by example. And, and that's if I yeah. eat vegetables, one of mm. my kids mm-hmm. did one of those Mother's Day thing where they fill out the facts about your parents, right. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And my favorite uh-huh. food was salad. And I was like, I don't know if that's cool or sad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Well, hey, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Where can people find, first of all, they can find their podcast, find all things Addie online. My podcast is, again, Grace and Growth with Addie, and it is for sure on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. I think you can look it up on Google Podcasts. Yeah. But I've not done that myself to actually see the words. It's really weird when you find out all the places that your podcasts are. Yeah. I think I, I it's weird. Like there's other play there's like these random players that you find your podcast on. And I'm like, hmm, that's strange. Yeah. I never submitted it to that. Yeah. Someone was like, I can't find it on Google Podcasts. And I was like, that's because I don't think I put it there. And they're like, no, no, I found it. And I was like, okay, cool. Whatever. Right. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the podcast is. It drops on Thursdays and, um, it's an adventure every week. Yeah. You can find me otherwise at addyyoder.com. Um, you can sign up there to get emails. I send them on Mondays. They are usually tips or what I'm into right now, or random stories about me and my kids. They're always 
some something fun there too. They are very timely. Sometimes I get ahead on the podcast, but the email is usually like in the minute. Been and there. then gotcha. I'm on Instagram at Addie.yoder. I also have a book club. If you're a reader, it's on Facebook at book club with Addie. Cool. Well, cool. Well, Addie, thanks for taking your Sunday and talking to me. Much appreciated and much. I really enjoy following you online. You know, really cool. And, you know, one of these days, let's, we're not very far from one another. Shouldn't probably actually meet in person, right? Oh, I think that we have, we've kind of mentioned that, right? Maybe Herman someday. Herman. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably like halfway from us. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. like our favorite place. Cool. Oh, I love Herman. It's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So, well, cool. Well, thanks, Addie. I appreciate your time tonight. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.